2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll start in verse 3. Second Corinthians 10 and 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We're going to talk about strongholds in a little, little bit in a minute. But let's look at verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalt, exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I want to focus really on that casting down imaginations and every high thing. That's, that's where I really want to focus today. But let's talk about strongholds first. What are strongholds? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer before we continue any further. Father, I come to you right now, Lord, and I already know your presence is here. But, Father, I just ask for a special anointing right now. God, I ask that you would begin to use me right now to speak to these people. Lord, I ask that you would anoint their ears and hearts to receive this word, Lord. That as it goes forth, that it would apply to their lives. They'd be able to see how the word of God is eternal that it's everlasting, Lord, that it's still just as good today as it was then. And Lord, we ask that you just move right now in Jesus' name. We praise you. Well, I wrote down a few things that I feel are strongholds, and I'm sure you can probably come up with some others. But I believe one of them is unbelief. I'm just going to kind of read these to you real quick, so hang with me. <clears throat> Satan will try to continue to build a wall of unbelief so that you can hinder, so that he can hinder your progress. Now you may say to yourself right now, well, I don't have a problem with unbelief because I'm already saved. Well, you know what? There's a whole lot more to believe than just salvation. Salvation just gets you in the door, right? There's a whole lot more to a relationship with God than just your relationship with Jesus. So Satan will try to take whatever little bit of unbelief you have and continue to make that grow and, and fester, so to speak, so that there is a greater wall between you and God. Because, you see, God can't do anything in your life when there's unbelief. If you'll remember back in... in uh, it's one of the Gospels, I can't remember. When Jesus sent the disciples to various different places, the Word says that they could do no great thing there. Why? Because of unbelief. So you see, if you want God to move in your life, you've got to get rid of unbelief. That's stronghold number one. You don't believe He can do it? He ain't going to do it. Number two, pride. Pride. Some, this may be a problem for more, more of some of y'all than others. I don't know. I've had problems with pride before. But I compare myself to others, and I'm not a very prideful person. 
So I know if my little bit of pride, now that kind of sounds prideful, don't it? <laughs> if my little bit of pride is a hindrance to me, somebody that has a lot of pride is even more of a hindrance. So pride is a stronghold. And this could come about as when you don't want to give in and allow the Holy Spirit to take control. Because you're afraid you're somehow going to be made to look like a fool. That's prideful. You're afraid you're going to be embarrassed. And, you know, I'm just above that. It's pride. Pride quenches the Spirit. See, you're, you're preventing God from moving in your life the way He wants to because you're just, you're just above that. That's for kids or, or that's for somebody else. I, I just don't need to even act like that because I, I know better. That's prideful. Number three, hardness of the heart. Hardness of the heart. You ever harden your heart toward God? Well, maybe you think you don't. But have you ever hardened your heart toward another person? What does it mean to harden your heart? Well, let's just say me and you kind of got along and maybe we weren't the best of friends, but we were good acquaintances and we got along good and all of a sudden... I did something to hurt you. You're going to harden your heart toward me, aren't you? Probably some of you that hold grudges more than others, five years down the line, you're going to say, yeah, I remember that sorry devil, what he did to me. And some of you may have this problem. You may have the kind of problem where somebody does you wrong, and then they come and apologize, and you still hang on to that unforgiveness, don't you? Oh, I know there's somebody here. I know somebody here has a problem with unforgiveness. But that's hardening your heart. See, that's not how Jesus said that we ought to be. He said that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. That's a soft heart. You know what happens when you have a hard heart and you decide, okay, I want to try to get close to God? God has to break it. He has to break that hard heart. He has to have something soft and pliable. And that hardness of the heart is a stronghold. That's something you hang on to. And the last one I wrote down is sin. And we read a scripture this morning in Sunday school. It's over in James. I don't remember. If, let, me, let me just turn there. I don't want to quote it wrong. Brother Jack, wasn't that in James chapter 3? It may be chapter 2. Y'all just bear with me. I want to read it. I want you to 
hear this and understand it. What verse? Yeah, that's it. Verse 13, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted, and that's where I want you to pay attention. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So see, sin is a stronghold. And the more you allow a particular sin to to stay around, the more it tries to take root and to fortify. You see, the flesh, the last thing the flesh wants to do is give up what it enjoys. The Word tells us that sin is pleasurable for a season, but what? But the end thereof is death. And I think that bears witness with what we just read in that Scripture. So sin is a stronghold. Now where do I want to go with this today? See, I just wanted to lay some groundwork. I want you to understand where we're going, what we're, where we're coming from, basically. But I want to focus on this casting down imaginations. Now what is, the, uh, what is an imagination or high thing? Well, before you understand that, you have to understand that those strongholds have to be taken down. Verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. Now, what are our weapons? Well, Ephesians chapter 6 tells you what the spiritual armor is. Our weapon is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. So, our weapons are mighty through God. Notice the through God part. That's, that's critical. To the pulling down of strongholds. So as you start to think about these imaginations, I want you to keep that in the back of your head. But it says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. What an imagination or high thing is, is is these things that people come up with so that they don't have to adhere to the Word of God. Have y'all ever sat in a college class? How many of you have ever sat like in astronomy or something like that? You'll hear these professors try to do everything they can to prove God does not exist. And man, they will come up with all of these things and I'm sitting there as a born-again Christian saying, man, that all proves God to me. Because it's so elaborate and so uh, ex- the universe is so expansive and so complicated and everything had to be just right proves to me that somebody had to make it that way. Otherwise, everything would just be flying around all over the place. But see, they try to argue and come up with a a reason why they don't have to be held accountable. Now that's just one example. But I hear people come up with all this off-the-wall stuff all the time, and you're just sitting there thinking, I'm talking about in the natural. That don't make a lick of sense. 
And in the spiritual, you begin to examine those things and they don't line up with the Word of God. But you know why they're coming up with them? They're coming up with them because they have a stronghold in their life. And they don't want to tear down that stronghold. They have something they're hanging on to. And if they were to acknowledge that the Word of God is the truth and it doesn't vary, it doesn't bend to meet their lifestyle, if they acknowledge that, they know they're going to be held accountable. And I'm here to tell you today, if you are one of those kind of people, you may call yourself a child of God, but I want you to understand that you are still held accountable to what the Word of God says. Whether you want to believe every little jot and tittle or not, it does not matter. Because the Word of God is truth, whether you believe it or not. It never ceases to amaze me how people will try to just come up with any kind of thing so that they don't have to believe the Word of God. So that they don't have to conform. You know, a lot of people think of that word of conform as a bad word. They think, well, if I'm conforming, that means I'm not thinking for myself. But you know, when you're conforming to something that's good and true and pure and holy, what's wrong with that? See, that's not how they see it. They think, well, I need to just think of my own thing, and that's good. Well, the Bible addresses that too. I believe it's at the end of the end of Judges, the last verse. It talks about how. Men in those days went and did whatever seemed right to them. And there's another place that says that there is a way that seems right to a man. But the end is death. It's time that the church, I'm not even going to talk about people outside the church today because they have a whole different set of excuses. But it's time that people in the church cast down every imagination. Quit trying to dream up something new. Quit trying to dream up all these wonderful, fantastic, um, imagined things and get back to what the Word of God says and focus on something that you know to be true, something that's founded on the rock, something that's not going to change. Why do you want something that somebody, some man thought up? Get back to the Word. Cast down those imaginations. Every high thing that exalted itself. See, the, the only thing you'll find in this world is somebody trying to exalt theirself. There is a rebellious nature that we as the church need to watch for. A rebellious nature. And you'll see this a lot in kids. But you know what? It's not just in kids. It's just more obvious there. But this rebellious nature says, my parents don't understand... 
because they haven't lived through the times I'm living in and I know better than they do. That's a rebellious nature. You see, I guarantee you my kids have thought and probably will think that still to come. That their daddy and their mama don't know anything. They don't understand what I'm going through. They don't understand my circumstances. But see, they don't understand that it ain't been that long. They don't understand what I understand. That I can under, I know what they're thinking before they even do it by the look on their face. Because I did it myself. That's a rebellious nature. It's just inherent. You know, I don't think everybody has it, but there's a large proportion of the population that does. It's, it's just natural. It's in your flesh. You think you know better than everybody else. See, that's an, an imagination. That's a high thing that you're trying to exalt above the knowledge of God. See, the Word tells you what is sin. Paul said, I wouldn't have known sin if it wasn't for the Word. The Word tells you what's right and what's wrong. And I believe that God puts something in each one of us to kind of know the difference in right and wrong. But when we start to try to justify ourselves above everything that God's already told us, that's an imagination. It's something that we're trying to exalt above the knowledge of God. This Word tells us we need to cast that stuff away. Cast it down. I'm going to share another verse with you today. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I want you to turn there. Second Timothy chapter 4. If you can't find it real quick, write it down and go back and look at it later. Start reading in verse 2. Preach the Word. Man, if only more people would just preach the Word. You ain't got to add nothing to it. Just preach it the way it is. I ain't talking about just preachers. All y'all looking at me today. You can, you can preach the Word. You can live by the Word. Preach the Word. Be instant. In season and out of season. Just because you think this ain't your time, you better be ready. That's what he's telling Timothy. See, there may be a time that God has called you to do something and, and it's only going to last for this certain amount of time, but that don't mean just because you're out of season right now that you shouldn't be doing anything. You look at the football teams. What do they do off-season? They practice. Oh, they take time off, but they spend a large portion of their off-season time practicing, getting ready for season. Preach the Word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come, and I believe it's here, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Have y'all ever met somebody that would whole lot rather believe something that somebody made up 
instead of believing the truth. I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. You hear them explain something, you say, man, that is just a crock. Yeah, but it sounds good. I'd a whole lot rather believe something that sounded good than to believe everybody's going to hell. I just don't believe that a God that loves you so much would send you to hell for all of eternity. Why? That's what the Bible says. See, they would rather believe something that just sounds good than to believe what the Bible says is the truth. Imaginations. People just sit around and think up stuff all the time. I don't understand it. It's because they're not founded in the Word of God. You know, it may be their upbringing. What does that matter, though? That's an excuse. It may be their circumstances because, oh, their kid died when they when they were just a baby, and or they're they're poor, they lost their job, or whatever. What does that matter? You see, the the truth is still the truth. The truth is still there, still something to grab onto that's not going to change just because your circumstances change. But they want to believe something that tickles their ears, makes them feel warm and fuzzy. Guys, it's time that the church casts down their imaginations. Look, if we can't do it, how can we expect anybody else? We have got to get back to the Word. And I want you all to understand today, you can't rely on your pastor. You can't rely on the women's ministry. You can't rely on the Sunday school teachers to do it for you. It ain't going to happen just because you show up to here. You have got to put the Word of God in you. If you want to be victorious, you've got to have the Word. If you want to be victorious, you've got to be willing to praise Him. If you want to be victorious, you've got to stand on the solid rock. See, you don't get anything accomplished for God down in the mud and in the mire. Psalms 40 says, He pulled me out of a horrible pit, out of the mud and the mire. And He set my feet up on a rock and established my goings. You know what that tells me? He didn't have no intention of you getting back in the pit. He intended for you to stay on the rock. Established and founded. That rock is Jesus. The last time I checked, Jesus and the Word are the same. That's what John chapter 1 says. It says the Word was with God and the Word was God. And what? The Word came among us. That's my own words. That's Jesus. He is the Word. And you want to call yourself a Christian. The Word means Christ-like. Jesus was the Christ. So you're calling yourself like Jesus. But you don't know the Word. That don't make sense, does it? See, when somebody breaks it down to you like that, it, it reveals something about yourself. You don't know who you are. Now, I'm throwing a big blanket statement out there today. And I know it doesn't apply to all of you. I know there's some of you that know who you are in Jesus. 
I know there's some of you that study and read the Word. I'm speaking in generalities, though. And if you are one of those kind of people, it don't hurt you none. But you see, you can go through this life living from day to day, thinking everything is going grand, and oh, by the way, I'm a Christian. It's an imagination. You may be a part of a religious organization or attend a church, but if you don't know the Word and you're not putting the Word in you, you're not Christ-like. I tell you right now, you may live what this world considers to be a good life. You may be what this world considers to be a good person. But I'm telling you right now, if you don't have the Word in you, you're not founded on the Word, and you're clinging on to some imagination or some high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, you are not a Christian. By definition of the Word. You're not Christ-like if you don't have the Word in you. You can't be. Man, that's hard, ain't it? Kind of hard to take that in. But what's the old saying? If the truth hurts, or if the shoe fits, <clears throat> guys, we've got work to do. Man, I it seems like I don't, I'm gonna have to get me one of them little planners to keep up with what we got coming up in the next few months, I don't even know about after that. We've got work to do and we need, we need people that want to serve God. Look, I ain't looking for people that want to come to church. That is, I could care less. I want people that want to serve God. People that are willing to, even, even if necessary, sacrifice something of themselves to do it. Because, you see, God is a jealous God. That's what the Word says. It says He's a jealous God. He ain't going to put up with you serving something else. He won't have any part of it. You think God won't just kick you to the curb and move on? You try Him and see. You say, okay, God, I'm going to do things my way. He'll say, okay, and I'm going to keep going. I don't mean you can't come back to God and repent. But he ain't gonna sit there and wait on you. And see, we're trying to we're trying to move forward, like Paul said, press toward the mark. We're pressing forward. And if you want to get on board with that, man, that is awesome. But you know what? If you don't, I ain't gonna sit here and wait on you. I ain't gonna just try to drag you along with me. Because you'll be a hindrance. You'll hold back other people. The Word says that it'd be better that a millstone tied around your neck and you cast into a sea than to offend a little one. He's talking about a baby in Christ. And if you're living like that and they look up to you, I'm going to tell you right now, those babies in Christ, I ain't talking about just little kids, they look at these older Christians, these people that have been around, and they say, man, I need to be like them. I need to get a little bit of what they got. And if you ain't got nothing, you're leading them astray. If you're not founded on the Word of God, you're going to lead them astray. That's not acceptable. 
I'm here to tell you all today that is not acceptable. I won't have any part of it. Now, why am I telling you all this? Man, I don't know. That's what God wants me to preach. I guarantee you there's somebody here today that needed to hear it. I, I consider myself to be a Christian, but I guarantee you it's a refresher for me. I need to hear it. So don't think I'm just picking on you today. That's not my intention. But if you're one of those kind of people that has a tendency to lean towards somebody that wants to tickle your ears a little, you need to stop and rethink who you are. Do you know who you are? Are you truly a Christian? Or would you rather just listen to a fable and think that's going to do anything for you? 